Blog Talk Radio. podcast with me, Laura Jean, and Jonathan Moody. Um, I just want to say we have a great show tonight with our friend Joshua Wentz. So say hello, Joshua and Jonathan. How are you? Hi, great. All right. I'm 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 doing fantastic. That music, every single time, man, pumps me up. Uh, I probably know. shouldn't listen to it before bed, right? I feel like I'm surfing on the ocean every time I hear that music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> before like a game like a video an old like 1980s video game where you're like boxing like a boxing video game and it just gets you ready <laughs> like an arcade yeah. boxing video game <laughs> maybe more like the Wii Wii boxing you know that always gets you going <laughs> Wii boxing yeah, I think we boxing. Whatever. Don't judge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's let's talk let's talk about uh let's talk with Josh for a little bit. You know? Right. Um All right. Um so we had uh so for for people who are, are maybe are coming in they haven't heard previous episodes or whatever, we had Josh on our show for the fifth episode. When I went down to Texas Friday, wow, has it really been? That's like uh, six or wait, seven episodes ago. Jesus, I did not realize um, we were able to do that. That yeah. it's like almost two months. Holy cow! Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, we had Josh on the show uh, because we were doing uh, Texas. I was down in Texas Frightmare. And it was a Thursday, Friday night, you know, kind of thing. And I think it was actually Friday at midnight. Um, and uh, we had asked uh, Josh if he wanted to come on and uh, met up with him. And we actually had a blast um, chatting. And um, and then we went, uh, Josh and I hung out for a little bit afterwards and uh, talked, talked movie stuff, you know. So that's always fun. Um I wish Laura was there, the whole thing. Would have been oh, that fun. would have been so much fun. I would have partied all night long. I would have been in that. <laughs> I don't think you would have. my if, beer. If you, the, if you get the chance, you need to come out to a Frightmare. It's, uh, there's no other convention like it. It's, it's really fantastic. No, it's true. It's, Maybe next year. It's gotten, yeah, ne- next year, let's do it. Let's, yeah. Let's go. Um, I'll be there next year for sure. Okay, well, I'll pre-plan. That way we can go together. That'll be fun. That'll be great. There you go. Um, But you got to book your hotel, like, very quickly because, like, it sells out in, in, like, a a minute. Like, I think they they start booking in November, and, like, if you don't book, like, in the first couple of days, you're not going to get in there. It's that crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That's insane. But the, be- but the beautiful thing is there are, like, hotels, like, right by it that you could book, too, you know, that are, like, 
you just have to um, either Uber or I think there's shuttles, shuttles for the other uh, hotels. All the hotels offer offer shuttles in the area, unless you get like a budget hotel. But the but actual you, hotel, you hotel. You're at the hotel, you know, as far as that. Yeah. If you're, well, if you're yeah. at the home hotel, it's a great experience because not only do you see the other convention guests, but you get to see some of the, you know, featured guests there, some of the actual stars. And, um, you know, I'm, I've am i ridden elevators with uh, people that it sort of gobsmacked me or went up to the bar, not this past Fright Mare, but the year before, went to order a drink, uh, squeezed in beca- between a couple of people, and on one side of me is David Arquette, and the other side of me is Robert England. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like it's... this past year, I was uh, with uh, Misha Barden and uh, uh, was it uh, Charles Band. Now, if, if that is like not the weirdest kind of like elevator ride, <laughs> you know, like, like they're completely yeah, different mean, uh, people. You know, like it's pretty funny. Yeah. This past year I was in the elevator with Tommy Flanagan, and, you know, that nice. was really cool. Um, it's been, Frightmare's been a great experience for me because while I am an actor and a producer, you know, I, I'm still, you know, a nobody at this point. I, I mean, I hate to say that like that, but I haven't accomplished the things that a lot of these featured convention guests have, have accomplished. I'm still working on that. And uh, three years ago, three years ago, I sat down at the pool and, um, you know, um, I was having uh, some whiskey and some cigarettes with some people who were asking me about filmmaking. And... um, I just forgot her name. I just went blank. Um, she used to date River Phoenix. She was on the strain. Uh, she dated on River the Phoenix. She was on the strain. Um, Why was she on the strain? The what strain. did she strain? She showed the strain. Yeah, on SF. Yeah. Um, Samantha Mathis. Thank you. Okay. Samantha oh, Mathis. nice. Samantha Mathis says, hey, the gift shop's closed. There's no place to buy a cigarette. Can I get a cigarette from you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Um, and she's like, I know it's a bad habit, but, you know, you got to do something to cut the stress. And I'm like, obviously I get it. And <laughs> I ended up sharing a bottle of champagne and half a pack of cigarettes with Samantha Mathis and George Romero. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That you know, is... Was he... Was he smoking a cigar? Like he, I feel like he would have been a cigar smoker. <laughs> no, he, cigar is He didn't. He didn't smoke anything. But Samantha Mathis is oh. a pretty heavy smoker, and and I'm not. Um, but and and I go through those periods where I go, I know it's bad for me, and I need to get in better shape for this role, so I stop. You know, but it's a it's a stressful business, and. Uh, well, so I occasionally pick it back up again, and that was uh, that was a weekend I was on it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it was it was cool because not a lot of other conventions 
of the featured guests just walking around with everybody, you know. A lot right. of them have VIP areas that, you know, you're not getting into. That is right. not that oh, good. Right I'll just I'll just say this. Uh we had a I've had a um uh a wonderful, wonderful guest on, on my shows on like the Independent Corner and she's on uh Frights the Round Table. She has not been on uh, all about acting yet. I will probably ask her for next week, maybe. Uh, but because um, you will love her, Laura. Oh my God, her name's Robin Sydney. Uh, you probably okay. met her at, uh, at 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 Texas Frightmare, um, Josh. But she's uh, one of she was at the Full Moon Table, and with Charles Band, and um, she is just wonderful. Just an easygoing, very fun, very like vibrant person she loves to um joke and have fun and you know and the first thing she said to me when she like realized you know who I was or everything was um man I just love all your podcasts so I mean like for her even though I know her I like you know what I mean like that to me just shows how much she really cares about you know everything and everyone and you need to surround yourself with people like that Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's it, Frightmare is a place where you really do get to see the best of people, especially the ones that are in the horror film industry. Now, uh, you know, the majority of the professional work I've done has been in horror, and uh, I'm still making new friends and new fans all the time. Um, Frightmare was an extremely positive experience for me this year because. Like you mentioned, the full moon table. I was just three tables down from them, and um, I had people come up that were actually, you know, they were they were excited to meet me. They were excited to get my autograph and a picture with me, and they validated the hard work I've done for years. Um, I had one lady that came up the last day of Frightmare, and it choked me up. It made me cry, guys. Um, she actually, she came up to the table, and uh, she had a walker. Um, she wasn't that old, but she had a walker. Obviously, you know, dealing with some stuff, some health yeah. issues. And she yeah. said to me, "I've spent this weekend all the money I had buying gifts for my friends and family, and my brother." saw that and he gave me $20 to get something for myself and I wanted to get a copy of your movie Fall of Grace and meet you I started crying Um, (laughs) I I gave her a whole bunch of extra stuff I'm like here take this poster here take this other movie you know I mean I just and that's really nice to me, like, and, like, I, like for people out there, and that, that kind of goes with the whole all about acting thing. It's, it's the whole staying humble and staying true to who you are and not letting the whole, like, money. I mean, obviously, we all want money, and we all want this, and we all want that, sure. And in, in, the, in the whole scheme of things in the whole world, you need, quote, unquote, money to live. But when it comes down to your fans and when it comes down to people that care about your work, why are you going to worry about money in those moments? You know, and oh, I yeah. love, 
you know, I love, you know, you always hear stories about, so wouldn't let me take a photo with them. So and so wouldn't let me take their autograph with them. It's like, really? Like, without your fans, you wouldn't be anybody. And so it's so great to hear that, like, you know, and all that, all those kind of things, you're willing to just, like, give out so much because you understood because you are true to who you are. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, it's, it's all I ever wanted, and uh, the the first night of the convention, um, I had a young couple come up, and they told me they had just got married, and that was their honeymoon. Frightener was their honeymoon. And oh, my they God. Had, <laughs> and, and that was really cool, but they said, we spent all the money that we had to get a picture with Matthew Lillard, but we were wondering if you would take a credit card um, so that we could get a poster from your movie, Fall of Grace. Yeah. Um, and I said, and, and look, I've done a lot of other movies. Fall of Grace just happened to be the one that resonated with a couple of people. But, right. um, the, you know, they came up and said that, and it, it's a $10 poster, and I, I looked them right in the eyes and I said, I've done this for years. I've worked hard and I've spent a lot of money to make movies so that people like you would enjoy them. But I never wanted anybody to go in debt for that. Don't use right. your credit card. Take this yeah. poster. Take this movie. Congratulations on your wedding. I hope you have a great honeymoon. Yeah. And, and that's tenfold. Like, you know, years down the road, those people are going to remember you. You know, let's say your next movie makes, like, will make it huge or whatever. And those people will look and they'll go, that guy was chill. You know, that guy looked out for us. And those are the moments that people remember, you know. And that you, and, um, and you'll have followers to the, to the end of your time, you know. And they'll, they'll want to give back and... And, you know, let's say you do want to start a Kickstarter or something for your project. Those are the people that will look out for you and, and want to pr- and help you and put into that. You know? Yeah. Well, uh, go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was just going to say, ultimately, you know, as people, we all have the same wants and needs. And, you know, a, a lot of us have different goals, but we know what it takes to achieve goals. And, you know, passions drive people. The the film business is my passion. Being an actor and a producer is all I've ever wanted. And so when I'm in those situations, I've worked, and, and I'm sure that you guys have too, and you've talked to a lot of people that have. I've done everything on a film set, literally everything. Yeah. Whatever yeah. can get me on a film set, I'm there. And um, I've worked my way up, and it's yeah. and I'm not that far up, but I've worked my way up to where I am. And I've seen the diva behavior and the horrible stories. But also, I worked on a film um, five years ago called Chasing Shakespeare, which was directed mm-hmm. by Nori Nevin, who's an incredible, incredible director and man. And... Uh, it starred Danny Glover. And you know what my role was? It was a day player taxi cab driver. Okay, that's <laughs> it. 
That's all I was, a day player taxi cab driver. And Danny Glover walks up to me and thanks me for being there. And I, I was just, I was, I was gobsmacked for use of archaic slang. Um, yeah. You know, I, I couldn't believe Danny Glover thanked me for working with him. Yeah. And then he says this, and I'll never forget it, and I love telling this. He says, he takes a drink of the glass he's holding and goes, wow, this is really good lemonade. Do you like lemonade? And I said, well, sure, Mr. Glover, who doesn't like lemonade? And he said, please, call me Danny. And he said, let me get you a lemonade. And I said, oh, no, sir, I'm fully capable of getting my own lemonade. And he goes, no, I offered, I want to get you a lemonade. And he got me a lemonade, and then they called for lunch break, and he said, sit down with me. And I got to sit with Danny Glover and director Nori Niven at their table for lunch. And they thanked me for being there and for helping make that movie. And that was an incredible experience for me. And that's who I want to be every day of my life. You know, that's not just when I'm making films. Yes, when I'm making films, absolutely. I want to thank you for being there and, and show you hospitality. But every day of my life and, these two incredible men that have had ridiculous success in the film industry, they thanked a day player who was a cab driver with no lines. Yeah. They didn't have a single line, just a, just a cab driver. And they thanked me for being there and invited me to sit at their table and spend time with them. And that was a really great experience. And that's who I want to be. When people talk about me, I want them to say, this guy has done this, and he didn't know me from Adam, but he was, you know, kind and generous. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, yeah, well, and and that gives me, like, a, a point, too, is, like, uh, you know, you got reputation means everything, especially when you're out in public as an actor or, or whatever you're doing professionally. Um, and why I say that is because, like, uh, there was, uh, the, you know, the, the funny thing is I, I heard about a certain person. I'm not going to name names because it's not that kind of show. But there was a, there was a person who um, I had heard really bad things from multiple different sources of people telling me, don't, don't you know, talk to that person. They're, um, you know like they were mean to me or they, they go into stories about this person. And I met the person and I, I didn't have that story. I didn't have that particular thing, but the problem is I could have like, you know, just been like, well, screw that. I've heard so many bad things about this person that I just don't want to, you know, go and say hello because you know what I mean? So I think reputation is a big thing when it comes to, to uh, first impressions especially because, like, you know, you meet somebody and that's the first time you meet them. If you're a jerk to them, you know, they're going to remember that and they're going to be like, well, I don't want to deal with that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I had that similar situation with me all the time. 
um, Jonathan, where I get people telling me, oh, you don't want to work with this person or or you do want to work with this person but don't work with this person. And, and you know what, I've had the same kind of thing where, like, people that say, oh, I love working with this person, um, you know, I may or may not love working with them. Or there's another, you know, other people that uh, they say, oh, I don't like working with this person, but I love working with them. And it, it, and it's exactly that. It's, it's, I don't, I take what people say with a grain of salt, and I always keep my mind open to to my opinion and work with those people and and um, kind of gain a an idea of who they are on on my own merit versus somebody else's and and I think that's important as actors to remember because um, you could be you could you know be scared to audition or go do a job with people because of what others tell you to but remember at the end of the day, it's all like high school. All jobs are the same. And if you um, take what someone tells you to do or tells you to work with um, as, like, the um, end-all and be-all, then you might lose an opportunity, a great opportunity for yourself. And I I will say that I have always put what people say about certain people on the back burner, and I've given, given everybody an opportunity to show me their true worth, and it's been an amazing mm-hmm. experience. I've been able to work with amazing people because of that, and um, and I, I just, you know, um, for me, though, I don't hold grudges either. You know, if I see that someone's having a bad day, I go, they're having a bad day today. Whatever. I'm not going to hold that against them. It's a bad day. We all have bad days. We all go through it. And we, we shouldn't hold that against people. As long as it doesn't bother me, then why should I not work with them? You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, such, an interesting, it's such an interesting concept, you know, that these people are like, oh, they were upset that one day. Well, that one day out of, like, 70 years of living doesn't seem like a lot, you know? <laughs> oh, true. Oh, true. And, you know, it plays right into to the thing about acting and filmmaking and, Anybody that studies it, the the one word you hear the most is authenticity. Yeah. You know, and and you hear people say, oh, you know, the you, the character has to be authentic or be your authentic self. I think if you can do that as a person behind the scenes and build on that, yeah, we all have bad days, and not everybody's personalities mesh. There are people in this business that I absolutely love that aren't loved and vice versa. You know, I, I know there are people out there that don't like me, you know, it's just, it's, it's part of being human, but the acting experience, the filmmaking experience is trying to create something that's authentic. That's authentic to itself. That feels as though it's authentic in its reactions, in its, use of psychology and its views of human nature. And when we can do that, we're creating true art. But we do have to remember to be authentic in our own lives, you know, in dealing with our friends and our fans and our coworkers, whether you're a day player yeah. or, or the star of a movie, you know, exactly. it's about authenticity and, that word is thrown around easily in the film industry, but it's never something to be taken lightly. Exactly. Mm-mm. Exactly. 
And and that goes um, we with something we talked about on earlier episodes, which I asked um, a female actress that was on, which is you know how do you how do you deal with yourself around extras being a lead in 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 the horror film or whatever? And I had answered it as well. It's, you know, it's one of those things where um, you always want to acknowledge everyone being a part of the project, and if you feel like you know, being a lead actor or a semi-lead or whatever um, supporting role and you feel like you have a major scene coming up, then just don't be around people that you that you know will want your attention. Um, you know, don't be in the same room with people and, and ignore people. Kind of like go, go on your own and, and do your own thing so people, you know, don't really even see what you, what you need to work on. Because the hardest thing is to tell people that come up to you like, "Hey, what's real?" Especially extras like, "Hey, what? How's your day? How's your day going?" Whatever. And like for me, I'm so personable. I find like I'll end up talking with everyone, and you know, 30 minutes have gone by, and you know, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I have my scene coming up. I gotta go." You know, it's, it's best kind of just to you know almost not be in the situation around everyone until you're you're good and ready. And you know you can have those conversations with people and and give your full self, you know. And I I'm big on that. Like I, I when I'm around people, I want to be able to have the energy to to give my full self. And if if I don't, then I, I'm kind of almost upset with myself. So I'm like, oh, I want to I want to have a co- great conversation with these people, but you know, I I wasn't able to or whatever. Um, and uh, so, and that being said, with people that are are in the indie industry and you're a leader or whatever, you know, just you know, I know you want to get that attention and be around those people and, and show show yourself off, but at the end of the day, you're harming yourself because if you ignore those people, they'll see you differently, you know, and it's one of those things where if you are if you want to be around people, be around people, be personable, but if you don't want to be around people, then don't be seen and go do your thing and, and um, practice, you know, do your lines and and get into your zone and get into your and get into your into your scene and be ready and and then go speak to people when you're good and ready, you know. And I think that's good for everyone to kind of go by that and understand oh, that. That's, <laughs> that's that's absolutely great advice. That's also why, regardless of how well I know my lines, I always have my script in my hand. Yeah. So I can blame it on the script. Hey, it's really great to meet you. And I will talk more to you after I do with you after I do this scene. But yeah. right now, I have to study these lines and look over this scene to make sure I'm fully prepared. Yeah, uh, you won't ever you won't ever see me on a set without my script in my hand, unless I'm, you know, as an actor anyway. Um, as a exactly. producer, as a producer, I'm the guy that yells, "Where's my script? What are we doing next?" She did because your script was stolen by some other person that, like, you know, there's, like, three scripts on the table, and they all take it, and you're like, fuck, they all took my one script that I had that was laying on that one table. (laughs) Yeah, and then somebody will be like, here's your script, and I'm like, no, this isn't it. It doesn't have my notes. I still don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, you're a producer. You're behind the scenes. And I'm like, I got to know what's going on. Exactly, exactly. Oh, my gosh. I feel like everyone can relate to that. <laughs> it's like it's one of those things where it's like you always put your script down, even though, like, to get a snack, you're like, I'm just going to set it at the end of this table. 
you turn around for like one second and he's and it's like it's gone. Like we're and and then we come to find out like, you know, the assistant the assistant producer moved it, you know, because it was in the way and it was on like the wrong table. And then they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, well we had this table, so it's over there. And you're like, Wait, what? You walk over to that table or whatever and then it's not there. And so it's just this like domino effect of passing scripts around. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's uh, scripts are do not put your script down. But as a producer, I have I always put my script down. So yeah, that's my fault because uh, well, I guess I should budget better and get an assistant just to keep track of my script. I don't know. Um, yeah, roll but, roll down, roll down. The thing, yeah, never put your script down anywhere unless it's like in your pants. <laughs> in your pants. Oh. <laughs> so you can see when the assistant tries to take it out of your pants, like you know, they'll, they'll reach in there and you know, like, hey, back off. That's my script. Just get like a, a chain wallet thing, and you know, clip your script to you by via chain, so you never can go more than like you know two feet away from it without, you know, I don't know. There's Look, we, we all lose scripts. As an actor, I never lose my scripts because it really doesn't leave my side till I'm filming. Oh, gosh. And, I would get so scared. One time I almost thought I had lost my script on a set. And, you know, you have all your notes in there. You have everything that the director has, like, gone through with you months before. And you put your own notes in there, you know. And, and again, everyone has their own notes on there. And then uh, for anyone listening, when you're on a film project, everybody's notes on a script is completely different, you know. It's like you know when you have the wrong script. So it's funny when people do, like, have someone else's script. I'm like, really? That's clearly not your script. And there was one time I thought I lost my script for a hot minute, and I completely freaked out. And I was running around, and I go back bathroom, and there it was, like sitting right by the toilet. And I was like, "Thank God, no one took my script because I put it by the toilet, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it's by the toilet." <laughs> oh man! But yeah, I remember that was like the, my first like lead in a feature, and I had all these amazing notes. Well, what I thought was amazing. I had all these great notes and details and everything, and I was preparing and all this stuff. And I had lost my script. I I literally was looking for maybe like an hour. I was so nervous. I'm like, no, what am I gonna do? I need my notes. And then it was by the toilet. I'm like, oh, perfect. It's where I last poop. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
Christian horror film. It, it's an interesting take. So, um, uh, you know, people should should check out Fred's work. Um, but we finished that right before Frightmare, and he's uh, he's in post on that now. Uh, he'll be shopping that out soon, either with uh, he'll either go out with Black Wolf again, or see if maybe there's another distributor that likes what he's doing. Um, I, I look forward to seeing what Fred does. Um, of course, uh, you know, I, I think I told you about Lake Fear 3 that will be coming out later this year. Really looking forward to that. I got to meet uh, Stuart Olson of ITN Distribution, who uh, ITN uh, financed Lake Fear 3 and gave us the opportunity to uh, turn uh, Lake Fear into a franchise. Oh, uh, nice. Stuart did a. He came down to Dallas and did a fantastic thing with a uh, film competition here called Rack Focus, where the winner of Rack Focus, he came down, he judged, and the winner got a financing and distribution deal from him. Oh, nice! Yeah, and that that was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Having having worked with Stuart and having. Uh, three movies out with him and soon a fourth. Uh, of course, I, I didn't enter that competition. I didn't feel I uh, needed it. I've already got the end with him, which is great. But that's fantastic for the local people I know that were like, hey, I just want to make movies, but I don't have the money or I, I don't have the contacts with distribution. And that gave them the opportunity. That was, that was big time for uh, the Dallas uh, film scene. Uh, yeah. I've worked a little bit with uh, Gerald and Michael Crum of MGI Films, who uh, did Lake Fear, Anna, and Fall of Grace, and soon to be released Lake Fear 3. I worked a little bit with them. They're getting ready to do Anna 2. Nice. Uh, which, is, which is great. Hopefully they'll ask me to work a little bit more with them on that. And then yeah. uh, Charlie Cadillac, uh who's with Troma Films, uh, is working. Uh, he's got Reichenstein in post-production. It should be out uh, early next year with Troma. Um, that, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and I've got, I've got three scripts in development, uh, and I'm looking at uh, working with a gentleman named Dustin Grant, uh, who has yet to do a feature, but he... He works in the commercial side of film, you know. He's, he's the guy that doesn't that does commercials and industrials, and he wants yeah. to make oh, wow. horror films. And uh, Dustin and I are currently trying to develop a werewolf biker film. So um, that's uh, that's really exciting to me because when I looked up that genre, that specific niche, uh, there's only been a couple of them. It's only been a couple of them. The first, the first one was in the early 1970s, and it was really more of a drug film uh, called yeah. Werewolves on Wheels. Uh, really messed up thing. You can watch that for free on YouTube, and I suggest you do um, if you like bad <laughs> horror as much as I do. Uh, uh, anything has motorcycles? I mean, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love motorcycles and. Uh, Matter of fact, got my bike in the shop right now. Hopefully, I get it back soon because uh, it's like 200 degrees here in Texas. Uh, 
So I'm not I'm not so much bothered that I can't ride during the day, but when the sun goes down, I still get the itch, you know. And so to get get to do a werewolf biker movie, uh, just I mean that just really seems like a dream come true. So hopefully developing on that runs uh, runs quickly, you know. I, I'd like to see yeah. that uh, that happen sooner than later. Um, yeah, I'll be on crossing fingers for you because that sounds like an awesome film. Well, you know, there's uh, there's going to be roles available. I'll let you know when it's all uh, hammered out. I'm so down. Let me know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're yeah, uh, going back to uh, what you're saying with your friend, how he. You know, he went to the festivals and he, and he got the money and the support that he needed, um, which is something we haven't talked about yet on the show, um, is thoughts on festivals and yay or nay to them for actors um, specifically, whether they're, are, do you think they are good for you in the industry to do festivals and get your name out there and, and get, you know, the industry out there and, and stuff like that? Okay, I, I'm going to give you two great guys as an example that festivals have really helped. And, um, God, uh, Billy Pond with Circus of the Dead. Yeah. Um, it's a very polarizing film. People either love it or hate it. And I'm going to tell you this. I don't like clowns one bit. And I didn't necessarily <laughs> care for Billy's subject matter. So, um I deal with a little bit of anxiety. I'm not talking about recreational use. I deal with a little bit of anxiety. So I have right. a prescription for Xanax. Yeah. And I had to take a Xanax to watch Billy's film. Oh, and, wow. Um, it, wow. That should be on the DVD a, cover. Like, uh, yeah, I have yeah, to take a yeah. Xanax to watch this movie. <laughs> Yeah. And Please make sure you're, you are prescribed your your uh, your uh, you have a prescription with Walgreens before you watch this film. Like it's just like <laughs> make sure you have insurance before you watch this film. So uh, Billy, um, Billy will tell you this, and that is. Because Billy has the one feature out, and he's getting ready to release his second. Yeah. Um, he, will, he will tell you flat out that that is the best possible thing for you to do. Billy has had incredible experiences with uh, with that, um, with with the festivals and the you know conventions. Yeah. Uh, I've gone a little different route than Billy, and I'll tell you this. I'm not nearly as popular. I've, I've been doing this for almost 15 years now, and, you know, I've got nearly a dozen films out, and I'm still not recognized in, you know, my local Kroger. But um, my my goal was always to do professional films and build a brand and get the releases out. Right. Uh, so I think that Billy's strategy as far as building a 
fan base quickly was better than my strategy of, you know, making films and getting those DVDs out on shelves. Right. Uh, Billy walks in a room and he's a lot more popular than I am, but also Billy's an amazing human being. So, you know, that might be it too. Maybe I'm just not as cool as him, but he'll, like I said, he swears by that. My thing has always been, you know, get the DVDs out on shelves. Let, let the work speak for itself. Now, I have the last couple of years gone out to San Diego and gone to the Fantastic Horror Film Festival. Lake Fear won yeah. Best Thriller out there last year. Um, the year before that, a short film that I did with uh, Sherry Davis uh, called Across Stars won Best Fantasy Short. Nice. Congrats. Uh, so I've, thank you. Um, and I, because I've enjoyed this particular festival so much, and who doesn't love San Diego, right? Right. Uh, so I've, and it's over Halloween weekend, so it's a great time of year to go, and it's a great area to spend Halloween in. I entered in both Anna and Fall of Grace which yeah. are both MGI films, and I was, uh, you know, blessed enough to be the lead actor and producer on Fall of Grace and to be the producer on Anna. Nice. Congrats. Uh, I, I entered in both those films yeah. into yeah. the Fantastic Horror Film Festival, and I hope for uh, Gerald and Michael Crumb of MGI Films and uh, for everybody else that put in the hard work, I hope they both those films get accepted this year, and I hope they can both bring home some awards. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. But there are a lot of benefits to film festivals and conventions. The downside yeah. is the expense. The downside is the expense. I mean, it's fifty to a hundred bucks to enter your film into a festival every time you do right. it. Right. Right. Uh, right. So it's just having, it's just want, basically having the means, the means first of all to do it, and having having the want because oh, yeah, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say if your film's accepted, now you have to make travel plans. You've got flights, right. hotels, food. Uh, the payoff is never covering what you spent on that. The payoff is. In shaking people's hands, making new fans, making new friends, and hopefully getting some media coverage out of it. Right, and hopefully getting seen by the right person that one of them, you know, and and that wants to put some money into your project, which is which is rare, but it happens with a lot of people. And and to go back with what you're saying, how yeah, you don't make you almost spend more than what you spent on the on the film. When you travel, especially if you're doing multiple festivals, I have a uh, an acquaintance of mine that literally has sent out um, their films to multiple festivals throughout the U.S. Multiple, and you know it's one of those things where I see on Facebook where they're going, they're flying, and they're going to every single one of them, and I'm like, wow, like how did you have? In my mind, I'm going. I would love to have the money, one, 
to, well, make, make a film, and two, to put it out there into all the festivals. I swear this person, you know, they put it, put their festival, put their film into about, I want to say, 15 festivals, 15 to 16 major festivals. And we all know, you know, us, you know, people out there, especially here now on the phone, that major festivals are, like you said, 50 to $100. So you're thinking, okay, these, okay, 15, uh, you know, festivals at least at $100 plus flight, you know, plus going to every single one of them, you're spending a lot of you're spending a lot of money. And, it, and it's like, where is that money coming from, though? You know, well, if you yourself as a starving artist, how do you have all this money to fly everywhere? Well, I don't know. That's why you're starving, because you spent all that money. Otherwise, you would have had 20000 more dollars. And, and the reason I haven't done more festivals and more conventions is because with the expense that comes with that, the way it does, well, I can take that $20,000 and put it towards making another low-budget film that's going to end up on a store shelf near you. Right. And so that has been why I've taken the road I've taken. But there's, if you can afford it and if you have the time to do it, there is a lot of payoff to that. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm going to tell you my, I don't know what it cost Jonathan to be at Frightmare this year, but I had a booth there, so it cost me a little more. Uh, did I make a little <laughs> bit of it that back? Yes. Yes, I did. But um, did I make all of it back? No, I didn't. And my weekend at Texas Frightmare this year cost me about $2,000. Yeah. Uh, is that is that 2000 I could put into, you know, production? Absolutely. Is it right. 2000 I could put into development? Absolutely. Because those are things that I do. I'm you know, not just an actor. So I'm always looking at the other part of the business side. And that's, yes, I could spend that money on that. But the part that made up for the money I spent was in the hands I shook, in the lives I touched. And, you know, so it depends on what kind of payoff you're looking for. Right. You know, on what, on which road is correct for you, and I, I exactly. think that I think that there should be a balance somewhere in between both of them. Um, right. You're not going to make every major festival. Know the know the product you have and know what festivals are looking for before you spend the money. I mean, I know people that will that spent ten thousand dollars on making their first film, and they submit it to Sundance and Tribeca and you know, Toronto, and it's like, yo, man, aim a little lower. You know, yeah. It's not, it's not that your art isn't good, but the people that are going to those are tops. They have more money than you. They have more experience than you, you know. Yeah, so they're, they're, spending, they're spending at least, you know, 30 grand on a short stop. They have those kind of festivals, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and if you don't have that kind of, you know, budget or making of a film, you're right. You know, you should go to the, the small route, and um, and you'll do better there. And, and like you said, you'll get seen there. It's less money 
ascent, um, and you just go further and further up. It's like it's like kind of like climbing the ladder in a way. And um, yeah, I agree. I agree. Start at the festivals closest to you, the ones that have good reputation. Um, Start at the festivals closest to you. Do your research. Go to them. Put your films in them. If you are accepted and you have success at those, branch out a little bit more. Right. You know, to a few conventions close to you. Don't do all of them. You know, uh, Casey Crow, who did uh, a short film called Clagger, uh, has gotten a lot of hype on how good his short film is. But also, he is a Texas filmmaker, and he's done all the festivals in Texas and a couple in Louisiana and a couple in Oklahoma, but he stayed close by. You know, he's been smart about doing it, and he's getting ready now to do a feature version of Clagger because he's built a fan base, he's built support, he's gotten money from his fundraisers, um, and it was from taking a little bit of money and building that into goodwill and a little bit of more money. They right. did it smart. Billy Pond... Um, you know, went big. I don't know where Billy Pond gets his money. We're not that close. You know, we say hi, we give each other hugs, occasionally buy each other drinks when we see each other. But yeah, Billy went big. He went to every national horror festival and convention and still does. <clears throat> you know, um, so that worked for him. You know, Casey went a little smaller route, and it's worked for him. I went the route of getting DVDs on shelves and then going to a few smaller conventions, a a few smaller festivals, and Frightmare is the biggest thing I've ever done. And i got to tell you this. At a small convention, I'm somebody. At at Texas Frightmare, which is one of the biggest sort of conventions in the nation, I'm just another guy. Yes, there are people happy to meet me. There are people that have seen my work, and that feels great. But I'm nothing special there. So I've got to find a little bit better balance between getting my brand out, getting stuff on shelves, and out there in the public eye shaking hands. Yeah. And and And, that's that's where your balance comes in, which is the site where you're talking about. It's like, kind of do the festivals, like get it out there, you know, um, kind, of, kind of do both, you know, do attempt to do both, and um, eventually some good will come out of it, you know. Absolutely, and that that's what I tell anybody that asks about conventions or festivals. Find the balance. Find what's right for yeah. you. Find the strategy. Don't overextend yourself. It is, after all, yeah. the film business. And, you know, as much as, you know, it's, it's, for those of us that do it, it's our passion. I mean, I, I live, eat, sleep, breathe movies and developing movies and wanting to make movies. Um, It's my passion and I could talk about it all day long and I could sit down with a notebook with you and plan out a movie and I'll start trying. 
trying to develop it if I, if what we have is good. And yeah. I'll do that with you. don't even have to be in the film business, but if you're hanging out with me, we're probably doing that. Right. That's who I am. And, yeah. But you have to find a balance and you have to remember that it's a business. You can't overextend yourself, you know, entering every convention, every festival, and thinking that that's going to work for everybody because there's no magic bullet. There's not one size fits all. Right. I agree. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's one of those things you just got to feel for it. You have to have a feel for it. You kind of just have to dabble and see what's best for you. And um, and for me, like, you know, being an actor, I, I want to start doing more festivals just because of that same thing. It's, you know, I want to meet people. I want to, you know, not just to work, you know, not just to have my name out there, but to, but to get people to see me that where um, then they maybe want to work with me. So it's more of a collaboration. Like I want to do more festivals so I can go there and, and meet people and, and talk with other people that show their films and be like, hey, let's, let's you know, collaborate now. Let's, let's, you know, we both had a, two amazing projects, let's collaborate and make one big project, you know, like one big amazing one. And I think that's why I'm itching to do more festivals is more of like the collaboration aspect of it, exactly what you said, which is like you meet good people there and and you you end up finding friends that may last for a lifetime that you end up working with over and over again. And, and, um, and so that's where I'm kind of itching to do more of the festival route because I just want to meet more people. I want to connect with more people that are out there because there are so many of us. And that's one reason why I love this show too is, and I say this every episode is, is getting people to connect and getting people to want to work with each other. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's great. And that's, that's, that's what we should all be doing. And uh, that's why I'm going to, you know, tell everybody, but also plug to you, Laura, that, I will be in San Diego over Halloween weekend with either one or both of my films, depending on how the fantastic, uh, you know, treats me and what they think of those films. But I'll be in San Diego for Halloween weekend, uh, you know, at the Fantastic Film Festival later this year. So come on oh, down. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk a little um, bit more. And wow. Can try to plan something congratulations, else. man. Yeah. Um, I was yeah. actually a guest judge and I wasn't able to make it out to Fantastic Film Festival. I felt so bad. I thought I was going to be able to and then money kind of slipped away so I wasn't able to to go out there but um, uh, one of my films was actually shown there, The Locked Room a couple, uh, I think it was a couple years ago and I was a a guest judge and I got to watch some amazing movies. Um, Everybody who who supports that um, company, um, uh, they're just everybody who's who works there is just amazing, and um, I even have they send me a shirt too, and I was just like, oh, these guys are just so nice, you know, just nice people, and um, I, uh, I I I fully support it. So I'm glad your films are or uh, like both your films are going to be shown there, or just one or. I've I've submitted both Lake Fear and Anna, and uh, or not Lake Fear, uh, Fall of Grace and Anna because. Lake Fear won Best Thriller there last year. And so I submitted nice. uh, Fall of Grace and Anna. Yeah, Lake Fear won Best Thriller. And 
couldn't be more proud of that little film. Um, it's it's done some really good things, and you know, coming out with Lake Fear Three soon uh, is. I never thought I'd get to you know work on a franchise, uh, but here I am, and that's great. It really is. Um, but we've got uh, Fall of Grace and Anna submitted to them, and I've already got my my plans to go out there. Uh, I have no doubt that at least one of them will make it. I feel like both of them should, but, you know, when they're your babies, you feel like they both should, and not every project can make it into every festival. So, you know, maybe they maybe they only take one of them. Either way, I'm going to be there, and... Uh, yeah, you know, gonna gonna make new friends and new contacts. Sweet. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, I just wanted to let everybody know that uh, I'm guessing that okay, there's a couple couple days that I'm not going to be available for the show. Maybe uh, I don't know. Thir- uh, I know for sure July was it July. Uh, 12th slash 13th, you know, when we do the show yeah. for August. I know Laura's doing it by herself. Um, I'm going to be celebrating uh, uh, my uh, fifth year of sobriety, so I've, I've got, like, a party that I'm going to. So, um, uh, which is kind of funny to sound like, you know, s- celebrating my sobriety at a party, but it's a, I guarantee there's no jerking at this party, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Um, and then... Um, on uh, when scares that care rolls around, um, I'm not sure if we're gonna do a podcast or I mean if I'm gonna do a podcast there, I kind of want to just like we did with Texas Frightmare, but um, you should. I, yeah, I mean it's still up in the air because we haven't figured it out yet. Um, but yeah. that would be awesome just because uh, it's gonna be my second convention of the year and I have not done two conventions in one year since. 2013 or no 12 something like 12 or 13 whenever uh, was it uh, Blood of the Beach usually I just do one and that's it and uh, I've been you know this year I was able to go to two maybe three who knows Um, so I'm looking you know we'll we'll see I'm thinking hopefully by October I might be able to do another one I will not be able to go out to uh, for, uh, well, who knows? I can't say that. I can't say I will not be at a fantastic fest, um, uh, fantastic film fest. But you know, we never know. You know, these days. Um, but I wanted to throw those out there, let people know ahead of time before uh, before we end the show, which be about a half hour from now. Our show's uh, is over. So, um, God, the time just flies right by, doesn't it? Like that's, I know. that's why we're doing premium. Yeah, it just goes so fast. Could you imagine only having forty-five minutes, minutes with Josh? It would have been uh, it would have been seconds. Yeah, we that need is, to double the time is. for Josh. <laughs> Thank you. It hasn't, it hasn't seemed like it's been very long at all. No, uh, and it never does. Uh, generally, on on podcasts, if you're if you're talking, I mean. Uh, but yeah. Um, oh, also, just want to make mention if anybody wants to come out to Scares That Care, uh, my production company, Six Click Productions, will have a table 
um, there. So, uh, and we'll also be, um, you know, the Six Lick Podcast Network will be there. So we'll have uh, uh, Paul from Indie Film Cafe and um, as well as uh, uh, Alfred from um, Hollywood Boulevard Podcast. I wish we'd have Laura out there for all about acting, but unfortunately I don't know if you can make it like in a month or like a little over a month, you know, I uh, to get all your... depends on my schedule because I'm, I'm filming a few things now. Oh. What are you I filming? Know. I have a, a few couple things. I I just got um, that short film I mentioned for. Um, which is kind of like a thriller. It's like a horror thriller film. Um, I can't say too much, but I want to say the story is absolutely beautiful, and it, it's kind of based on a true event. Um, and then I am kind of in the works of hearing uh, for a lead that I auditioned for that I've gotten like um, to the final callback. So he's kind of finalizing that and if I get that then um, I'll be shooting that as well and then I have another feature sci-fi feature the lead in I'll be um, flying down to LA um, next week on Wednesday um, for a screen test for that we'll be doing a screen test so and that's called space um, so I'm, I'm super excited about that but yeah super busy but if I'm available send me the dates and we'll see if I can um, you know fly out and make it happen because that would be really really fun yeah, I would love for you to do that. Just fly out here and hang out, you know, like that. And then you can see Josh at a fantastic film fest too in San Diego in October, and yeah. and stuff like. I mean, this is the greatest thing yeah. about being an actor, slash producer, director, or anything these days is is the fact that networking, you know, meeting these people. Like Josh and I have been friends. Um, since I first saw him in Across Stars, um, when uh, I think Sherry showed it to me or something, you know, wanted me to um, check it out for something that I don't I don't remember exactly what it was for, but uh, I do remember watching it, going, "Wow, this is really good." Who's the main actor in it? And then yeah. um, Josh and I became friends on Facebook, and then you know, um, and then we got to meet in person at Texas Frightmare. So I always think that's the greatest thing is, you know, you go to these conventions and you can, as we, uh, as we talked in the beginning of it, you can go to, so see somebody like Josh, you know, uh, at his table. Um, and trust me, he's always at his table. I did not see, I did not see him leave, which I am, I am notorious for leaving my table, um, you know, probably at the wrong <laughs> times too. But I, I just get I get I get ang- I get antsy. I can't stay still, and I have to go back to my room and relax. I would sit at the table and I dance on my table. I'd you dance on your table. I would I would stand if I had a table. That's all I'm saying. Oh. If I had a table oh. at a festival, I would stand like if I got antsy, I would just stand on top of it and start dancing. <laughs> I, I was just thinking, like, uh, Coyote Ugly or something, you know? Like, are you going to... I gonna don't be like think that? anybody wanted to see me dancing, but it's... Okay. <laughs> well, I'm like, know, all right, but... just give me kind of attention. I'll just start dancing now. <laughs> um, 
but Josh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's wonderful that you're you're always at your table, as I as I noticed, and uh, you you always seem to have like a smile on your face about everything, you know, and um, and that's very rare, I believe, you know, in this industry, what? because you know, what? I was gonna say, I was gonna say that's crazy that that's very rare. I don't know. I just feel like it's just etiquette. I don't know. Me being a performer. I guess coming from Broadway and then going into film, it's like if you don't have a smile on your face, like even when you're at home, something's off, you know. Like, <laughs> like right. Like, it, like my boyfriend, like it's so funny because he go, he'll be like, so, you, something's wrong because you're not, you're not like dancing around or like smiling. And I'm like, yep, you're right. I'm PMSing or something like that, or like I need chocolate or something, you know. But other than that, I'm like. You know, it's etiquette. It's if it's your profession. You go to these things, and I guess that's another thing that sometimes I get irritated when I go to these festivals and I see people that are like looking irritated or looking like they don't want to be there. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, this is this is. It would be awesome to be there. You know, it would be like. And I guess I understand people get tired. It's a long day, and. And there's a lot of work involved, and you're meeting a lot of people, but at the same time, it's your profession to promote a way, like going back to the whole, um, what we were talking about in the first part of the podcast, which is, um, you know, um, how people perceive you. Um, if, if you. You should try to show your best self um, when you're meeting um, new people like that, when you're when you're just, you know, at a table or autograph, things like that, or or promoting your work. You should try to show your best self. And if you can't get through one day or if you can't get through a weekend without a smile on your face, then this isn't for you. Like, it, I just feel like that, that should be easy for you. Like, a weekend without, like, you know, without dropping that smile should be easy. That should be the easy part. You know, the hard part should be the actual work behind camera, you know, but the easy part should be sitting there and smiling. (laughs) I don't know, but that's just me. That's my. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a physically grueling business. You know, nobody realizes how long a days we put in, how much preparation it takes to make a film, you know, how much behind the scenes and after shooting stuff goes on. And that is, that's a beatdown. That's murder. And you have to be tough to do that. But a convention, a convention is those same long days surrounded by friends. And that's how you have to look at it. Everybody there is your friend and wants to be your friend. Yeah. So if you're, and there are people in the industry that are jaded. They've been doing this long enough. They just want to be treated like a regular person, or they just want time uh, to themselves. Hello? And okay, wow, we just yeah. okay, it switched silent for a second. Did I oh, miss something, okay. or did that was weird? What? Okay, anyway, did yeah, continue to go, Josh. Sorry, I just like it oh. fully just like went off. Well, I, okay. I, I was saying a, con- a convention is the long, grueling days that we put in filming or in post-production or whatever. It's the same length. It's the same physically demanding long days. But you're surrounded by friends. Everybody wants to be your friend. And 
and that's why they're there. And there are people in the industry that are jaded that just want to be treated like a regular person that are tired of having people fawn over them, that are tired of not having a minute to themselves. So I see why, you know, why some of them get worn out and they're not quite as nice or they don't have the smile on their face. Um, But also, I don't think that'll ever be me. I mean, I'm grateful for every second I get to be a part of a world that I've always dreamed about about being a part of, you know, it's, it's my, my life in film is my Disney movie. It's it's my happy ending. It's, you know, it's a fairy tale. Um, so while I'm sure I can't dance like Laura Jean and while I don't often dance in public, I am the guy smiling and shaking hands and telling stories and, you know, thanking you for being there Um, because that's what makes it. That's what makes it worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, I I agree with you on that with the whole, like, certain people get jaded and, and it, and it does, like, and there are some people, especially, like, child actors, for example, that end up kind of, you know, they get into it and they, and they like it when they're kids and then, and then they grow up and they, and they, um, and they are still in it and some of them may not want to be in it, but at this point, that's all they know and that's their whole family is in it or whatever and, and they feel like, ob- they feel obligated to continue to do this path. Um, because they have relatives that have, you know, are famous or whatever, and they feel the need to do it. And I, you can, I can see, especially those kind of people, be the ones that are jaded because they, they kind of just feel obligated to be there, or they need to, they feel like they need to be doing something because, you know, just, you know, everyone in their life and, and their family has been doing it, and and things like that, and, and you know, and it's, it's it's like a movie, you know, like, you know, where you see, you know, the rich mom and dad and the child, and the child feels like, you know, they need to have those standards for their parents, but they're never absolutely happy, you know, and it's one of those things, and, um, you know, and we get, you get a lot of that in this industry. You get a lot of those, those um, passed down from generation, um, you know, um, families in this industry, and, and that's where you end up with some people that, you know, they're they're like, I wanna do it but I don't wanna do it and they're torn and 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 then usually, you know, those kind of people they'll take a break and then you see them, you know, like you know, like um you know, twenty years later in a usually a horror film and they're having a fantastic time, you know, and, and that's another thing why I love the horror industry is it's so supportive of everybody and and like for example, I was talking to Johnson about this logo with Nisha Barton. Um, she left kind of like the mainstream of things um, for whatever reason, and now she's in the horror industry, in indie horror industry, and she's probably having the time of her life. In the indie horror industry, are just so accepted, and and they're less. Um, I don't know. I think it's just we in this industry, in the horror specifically. We judge less on your looks and and how you know you need to be or this that and the other, and it's more about 
just being you. And if it's like if you like horror, then you're then you're in, and and we just want that, and 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 that's where we get all those amazing people and amazing vibes that that were once you know in that Hollywood scene, but kind of moved away from it a little bit because. I mean, that's what the horror industry does. It, it brings everyone together, and it makes them feel like they can be themselves. And that's where you get the happiness, you know? It's great. That's why I'm in it. I, I mean, I can <laughs> say it, it's it's been absolutely great for me. It's been uh, from the uh, from the first feature film I ever did, where I was an assistant producer and an actor uh, way back in 2002, if anybody remembers 2002. Uh, From that very first film, I remember shopping it. And um, a gentleman who worked at Vitagraph Films, instead of sending me a rejection letter, sent me an email uh, asking me to call him. Which was which was fantastic. I mean, Vitagraph did Bubba Hotep. I mean, those guys. Uh, I don't know what else they did, honestly. But Bubba Hotep, you're a winner in my book. And he said, I can tell you guys know how to make a film. And he said, I want to encourage you to keep doing that. But you had a couple of quality issues which we could overlook. There was somebody in this movie I had heard of. But you can't bring me a gangster film with a bunch of nobodies and expect me to know how to sell this or market it. Go do horror. That's what he said. And that's how I ended up developing with director, writer, Jay McKenzie Roach, The Devil's Gravestone. And, uh, you know, getting that worldwide release in 2009 and getting involved in the horror industry. From there, I've got to do some great projects. I've met great people. And you're right, they're accepting. And when I'm at a festival or a convention, those people recognize me. And those people yeah. want to be my friends. And those people don't care who I've been or what I've done in the past. And they don't care that I was five pounds or ten pounds heavier than I should have been for the last role that I did because I just couldn't make weight uh, or whatever. It's not Hollywood, you know. Yeah. It's, it's people that love the genre of horror and are fully accepting of that art form and what you're doing to further that art form. Absolutely. And and all I've ever wanted uh, in doing all this is, you know, recognition of my contributions. You know, if I'm the producer on your film, I want you to say, hey, it was great working with this producer. If I'm the actor, I want you to say it was great working with this actor and, you know, that's what I want from the people I work with professionally. But as fans, I want people and to come up and want to and, and be my friend and be my friend and say, hey, man, it was great what you did on that as 
and it's whatever role, whatever hat I was wearing, whatever role I took, you know, even if it was, you know, third assistant to the head of craft services. Uh, you know, I... Right, and yeah. Be, and this is a this is a great... Okay. I was getting ready to say this is a great judgment-free genre of film. That's not entirely right. true. It's not entirely yeah. true, you know. There are a lot of people that all they want to do is go to your YouTube or your Amazon account or your Twitter or your, you know, Rotten Tomatoes or your IMDb and say very bad things about your film. Um, right. There's a lot of judgment in the world, but in the horror community, for the fans that attend conventions, for the actors and filmmakers that attend the conventions and the festivals, it's extremely loving and generous and accepting. Yeah. And you don't hear that from a lot of quote unquote mainstream areas of, you know, the film world. Absolutely. Um, you you can read headlines about actors every day that quit or on the verge of quitting or that have shut down their social media or whatever because of the lack of acceptance and appreciation. Right. And that's, but that's not horror. That's the, right. and you know, not everybody wants to do horror and not every actor understands the challenges that that genre, you know, provides them. Right. Not every director can, you know, break something down to the camera angles and the music and the lighting that it takes to change something from an everyday scene into a horror scene. Uh, but for those artists that have that special love and drive and talent, thank you for that. And for those fans that appreciate it and accept it, and are so much more than, you know, I mean, let's face it. We're all fans of, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and Liam Hemsworth and anybody else in a Marvel movie right now because they're great and they're fun and they're entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> but those guys' fans are fans in the traditional sense. The people that came up to my table at Texas Frightmare, or that shake my hand at the Fantastic Film Festival, or wherever else I may be, those people are friends. Those people don't just say, wow, it's great to meet you. They ask, what projects are coming up? What, What do you do in your regular life when you're not doing this? How awesome is it that you get to do this? You know, they ask questions like that, and you go, you know what? It's really awesome that I get to do this. It's really awesome that I'm standing here talking to you, you know, talking about how awesome it is. Yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> that is that is why I've done horror, uh, because a guy that worked for Vitagraph Films told me to do horror, and it was one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten. I mean, I 
I love making movies, and there are some very serious projects that I hope to get to develop in the future. But those will always get put off a little bit when I get the chance to do something like a werewolf biker movie. Yeah. Which sounds awesome. (laughs) I mean, it's okay to put it off. For a werewolf biker movie, that's all I say. I say put everything off for a werewolf biker movie. <laughs> uh, are you going to be playing the uh, werewolf with the werewolf biker, uh, Josh? If you uh, get a chance to do the movie, well, you know, there's going to be a few werewolf bikers in it, and um, I've been talking with the writer and. Uh, she thinks that I would make a good werewolf. So, um, as long as she, you know, and as long as she can see me as uh, one of the uh, characters she's writing and creating, then um, I'd be honored to do it. Because, truthfully, when I started talking with her, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, Robin, you know, let's let's do this, let's develop this, and you know, um, if there's not a part in, for, in it for me, I just want to make it anyway. And she was like, no, 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 you're, you know, of all the people I know that look like a werewolf biker, you you fit that bill. And I was like, well, that's sweet. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's fantastic because really they're, my ultimate goal is to be an anime character. So if anybody from Funimation is listening, I'm available, and it is bucket list. I will do that. But besides, you know, being animated, besides being a super awesome anime character, um, Werewolf Biker's right up there. Thanks. You know, um, that is, uh, that, and that should be on everybody's list, shouldn't it? Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we would we, we would be down with that, you know, for sure. Seriously. I I think I think Laura would be an awesome werewolf biker. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I should make you my manager. <laughs> uh, sure. Oh, uh, John. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut you 7%. Oh, wow. That's actually really good. Okay. Oh, you mean you give me 7%? I give oh, no, you no, 7%. No, no, no. Like, you know, you give okay. me 7%. You're good. Oh, me. Okay. <laughs> I, you're my manager. Done. <laughs> <laughs> if you only want 7%, you got the job. <laughs> really? Is that all it More managers are like that. Well, there, actually, there are. I mean, there are a lot of manage, uh, independent managers who um, who don't that aren't looking just to to make money. They're looking to to help you, you know. Because um, well, if you I mean, me, pass them my way because <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I would love it. <laughs> Uh, most well, yeah. of them here in California need they they're in it for the money, and and that's the truth. They're in it for the money. Yeah. 
yes, they want to help you out, and and but that that's too, that's old school though. The help out way is old school. That's like you know the the nineteen sixties, nineteen fifties, seventies, where it's like your best friend saw so much in you. He or she was willing to like support you and manage you, and and that's like Beyonce's mother, you know, or like Michael Jackson's. Um, you know, uh, I think mother or something, not his dad. Oh, right, his dad, his dad. But his dad turned turned out to be screwed up. But let's let's put Beyonce out there. Beyonce's mother was an amazing manager, and um, still is to this day. And it's because she she saw something in her daughter and pushed for that. And that's the old school way of managing. And it's it, it's that best friend mentality, and um, that's not around anymore. And it's sad to say it's well, it's hard. You know, I would love to like take grab one of my best friends and say, I want you to manage me, and if you're down, if I get huge amounts of checks, you get, like, 15% of that, you know? That would be fantastic, but who knows? Um, <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I wanted to mention this uh, real quick. When we're on the topic of managers, um, I had a uh, actress that was on one of my shows who, um, before the show started, she told the story to me, uh, so it wasn't actually on the, you know, we didn't talk about it on the air or whatever. Yeah. But that's why I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not telling her name or whatever because I don't want to get her in trouble. But um, this actress was telling me that she had um, this guy who totally believed in her or whatever that got her a lot of help, got her some big gigs, you know, um, right? But then she got like a, she got bigger, you know, she she started doing these bigger movies. And this uh, other agent, this management company, wanted to take take over, you know, right? This bigger management company, and so she was happy to go and and, and go with these people who are going to basically really like lead her to a new, you know, to new heights. And uh, her friend was was furious with her, you know, um, thought that she like totally just just you know, deserted him. Um, you know, for wow. that, like, you know, sold out or whatever. And really, I don't, you know, I totally agreed with her when I was saying, like, you, I mean, that's that's what every actor wants is to be able to move on to do big stuff. And if somebody can't be happy for you, then they're obviously not really caring about your career. They're just, they yeah. want to be there in the spotlight. So you just got to be careful because people might be there to help you out, but really they're also just there for themselves, you know, or whatever. I'd be, like, honestly, if I managed somebody and, and they went on to be in, like, a big big movie or something, you know, I, and then they decided that they wanted to go with somebody else, I'd be happy before them, yeah. you know, um, because I know that they'd be saying, it, you know, it's due to my manager before to help me out, you know, or whatever. So exactly. yeah, that's my opinion. Exactly. You know, and that reverts um, back full circle to – how we, um, you know, uh, represent ourselves in front of people or communicate to people. It's important, especially in any industry, any job in the industry. And and so many of my friends and, and, and acquaintances and family members that aren't in this industry but in other industries, you know, um, teacher, doctor, whatever, they have always found, you know, it's how you are with people and, and when you want those recommendations or when you want that next step in a job or whatever, it really, it, it, it amounts to if you have 
it, it's that old school saying that our parents teach us. If you have, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Go to your room and say it or write it down in a journal. And don't even put it on your phone nowadays because they'll hack into it. Just put it in a journal, <laughs> start a fire and burn it and let it go and release that bad energy and try not to have that energy um, around people that may potentially be somebody you, uh, uh, you know, run into later on in life. Um, and, and that For is sure. circle, like being said. All right, well, we've got got almost an hour and a half, or a minute and a half left of the show. So um, I want to make sure, Josh, uh, tell us what have you been up to and um, how can people reach you? Well, you know, uh, I've got got those social media platforms working. Uh, Facebook, I accept all friend requests except for from bots. I turn those into Facebook and hope they delete the accounts. Uh, Twitter, I've got, I'm up to like 124 followers. I don't know that they'll let the juggernaut that is me accept more, but go ahead and try. Um, and then, you know, if you want to Snapchat me, Snapchat me. We'll be friends. You can see my goofy mug. Uh, I don't normally take pictures of my food, but I might. So it gets crazy up in there. Uh, and... You know, there's there's films coming out. There's films coming out. Third Reichenstein, The Great Altar, and uh, Lake Fear 3, which in uh, some parts of the world uh, is rumored to be called Lake Terror. Um, so we'll see how that all shakes out. Yeah, beautiful cover art, by the way. You guys are going to be blown away by this. Um, it's uh, it's going to be good stuff. Uh, hopefully... Uh, you know, I get some more projects going on that besides, uh, you know, my own production that is uh, being developed with uh, Dustin Grant and Robin Snyder, uh, you know, for uh, a werewolf biker movie, uh, not titled yet. It's actually got the uh, title of Untitled Werewolf Biker Movie. So um, we're, we're accepting <laughs> suggestions for something really cool and catchy at this point. We will not give cool. you any residuals, but definitely credit. Um, it has nothing to do with greed. It has to do with being poor. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's what's going on in my world right now. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully more to come. For anybody that wants to shake my hand or Anything like that, I will be once again out in San Diego over Halloween weekend uh, doing the fantastic horror film festival uh, and uh, enjoying a little bit of Southern California. Sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much once again for for calling in and everything and, and speaking with us. Um, you are definitely welcome back anytime. Um, you got something that you want to share with us and uh, let us know what's going on. Um, I'm guessing the next time we'll have more, you know, some more acting questions for you because we yeah. will never run out. That yeah, sounds sure. great. I, I, I never uh, get tired of talking about it. And, uh, you know, you guys are a great company. Uh, I could talk to you oh, all night, you. but I know we got limited time. I know. Yeah, 
Oh, I was just saying it was so great having you, Josh, and, and just like the first time I talked to you, um, where it was super loud and um, could barely hear everyone, but you were amazing to talk to then, and you're amazing to talk to now, and it was so good to really have a chat with you and, and have that time to um, know what you're going through and what you've been doing and, and all the work you've been doing, and, and, it, and it's paying, slowly paying off, and... Um, it's just so good to hear everything that you've been working on. And, and for everyone out there, if you haven't checked out his films, check them out now. Um, you can, um, I think they're on um, Amazon, right, currently, right now. And, yeah. um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Get the DVDs, or if you've got Prime, uh, you know, uh, some of them are available on Prime. Uh, you know, some, uh, if you like... Uh, if you like cheesy exploitation films, I've done a few of those as an actor. If you like a little bit more serious horror, it's there. If you like that horror comedy, that's there too. Um, all all available for all tastes. And um, I sometimes get decent reviews, so you might even like watching me. Wait. I love it. Yeah, so for everyone out there, if you want to go – Check it out, Amazon Prime, and if you want, leave a review and, and go on IMDb and leave a review, and um, we all love, um, and if you love and support um, our guests and our and us on the show, we will love and support you, and vice versa. It's full circle, all that stuff, all that love and joy that goes around in this industry, and so I just want to say, Josh, thank you so much, and I'll leave it for John to take us away. All right. Um, if you want to check us out on Twitter, it's all about ActPod um, because we can't put all of it on Twitter, unfortunately. Maybe soon uh, things will change one day, like they'll they'll let things be longer or something. I don't know. Um, and then uh, was it uh, Instagram? It's all about acting podcast. And on Facebook, I think I believe it's the same. Also, we have a Facebook group. So please, please, please come join our group. Um, and uh, let's say, well, you can find me on Jonathan A. Moody on uh, Facebook, but I'm approaching 5,000 friends. So until that gets lifted, um, I have to keep deleting people who uh, I don't know and don't talk to, and it's a pain in the butt. Um, and let's see. Also, uh, Jonathan A. Moody Film, I believe, is my Instagram and just Jonathan Moody on Twitter. That's it's just the easiest thing ever. I beat it before anybody, any of the other Jonathan Moody's were able to to beat it. Um, but anyway, uh, how about you, uh, Laura? You take it away for your um, uh, plugs. Well, um, well, I don't, I don't think I have a Twitter anymore because it got hacked. Um, so I haven't fixed that yet. So it's been, it's been, what, like two weeks since I got hacked for the final time for the sixth time. So that's lucky. And so um can't find me on Twitter yet. But um, you can find me on Instagram at LaraJeanOfficial and at LaraJeanMomera, my full name. Um, that's M-U-M-M-E-R-T and Jean with a J. So you can find what's, me there. The and um, what do you mean? What's the difference between yeah, my two? Well, I mean, we got two of them. Yeah, what's the, what's the difference between the two? Do you show different stuff, or you know, well, yeah, one so more Lara, personal? Lara and... 
yeah, Lauren officials more like family and friends and like close film friends, but I don't mind seeing like, you know, my everyday life as well. Um, and then my Lara Jean Lumaire is just mostly everything that I'm working on, like all the projects I'm working on. So that's that one. Yeah. So right. it's basically, yeah, so I, have a, I have a private one and a public one. So my private one is more of like, I'll post pictures of my doggy or, you know, like it was just random stuff. Like my family member is on there, but you know, um, so I, you know, my family members don't, don't want to be public. So I respect that. And, and um, I've even been my private one. So I have, a, I have a public one and a private one. So if we're close friends. I will add you onto my private one, and you get all those private photos that you want to see. Oh, so much. That doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. That sounds dirty. <laughs> you get to see all those private photos. Yeah. Well, not. We're not doing phrasing right now. <laughs> no, not at the moment. <laughs> All right. Uh, and you, I guess, did you mention your Facebook? Is I guess, my full name again, Laura Jean Lamesh, I think. You don't have a uh, sure. fan, fan page or anything yeah. like that? Oh, I yeah, I have a fan page. Sorry, yeah, I have that too. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting everything. Um, at Man, I, I really am your manager. Jesus. Lauragene <laughs> <laughs> official. Yeah, I do. I mean, yeah, you are my manager. So that's just that's it. That's bad. <laughs> Let's just make it official. Just get, yeah, I'll, you know, just give me seven percent work. Okay, done. There, good, good to go. We signed contract here now on the phone. <laughs> all right uh, well once again thank you josh and uh and, and thank you everybody who listened um this is awesome i'm glad we all had a had a blast here um uh i'm surprised as, well i guess it lets us go on for 15 more minutes but um uh yeah so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up but um uh thank you guys and check us out next week. I'm not sure yet. I'm hoping by Monday we will start, like, we got to start having people, like, lined up. Like, you know, like, it can't be, like, last minute. Like, we asked Josh, what, like, two days ago? <laughs> you know? And uh, <laughs> he's more than willing, but, you know, uh, but, you know, some people, it's it's hard to ask people at the last minute because they're like, oh, you know. So I'm trying to book at least a week, if not more, ahead of time. And so I'm asking people now, you know, and hopefully we'll That's have uh, we'll have some people by, uh, you know, and I know you got some friends that you've been asking, but they've been busy too. But it's that time of the year, you know, like everybody is, is busy working, which is great. I mean, that's awesome. So uh, that's what we want, yeah. you know. Exactly. We need We need them working. We we need them doing. And they don't stuff. have anything to talk about, you know. Yeah, exactly. We <laughs> we need the advice to help everyone else out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So that being said, said by, by Monday, hopefully we'll have somebody posted. Um, who will be our next guest, and it will be me. I'll be on there. I'll be hosting, and Jonathan will be so. Oh wait, no, that's not until July. What am I talking about? I'm having a brain fart. Nope. But it'll be me and Jonathan next week. And then, um, I, so we'll see you all 
I guess next week we'll not see you, but we'll you'll hear us. You'll hear our sexy voices <laughs> next week. And um, yeah, she won't see us. <laughs> I haven't figured out how to do the seeing part yet. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, and go ahead, follow us, all that stuff. And Josh, um, feel free to call in anytime you want and chat with us about anything going on in your life that you want to discuss with anyone out there in the industry. Um, that's at all any any you know anything that's helpful, which is great. Um, you're more than welcome to call in. And um, yeah, so thanks everyone. I hope you all have an amazing, lovely night, especially you two men. Hope you get some sleep. <laughs> Sleep well. <laughs> Great. Thanks, oh, thank you. you. You're welcome. All right. Have a good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.